I got all five minutes in time. Not even. I think I got like 90 minutes, 90 seconds in. And I was just like, wait, this is supposed to be entertaining? I'm kind of bored. Any phone, any show that has me picking up my phone to open Instagram or TikTok or Reddit with in there. You're not watching it right. You're supposed to, you're supposed to How do I watch it wrong? Like obviously so you did. Lame. It's so stupid. At least with okay. Family Guy, there's some sort of well, okay. okay. Sort of, That's Sam, those are fighting words. Okay, perhaps this episode before we get into Loki should be you give us some legitimate reasons why The Simpsons is no good, and we will tell you why you're wrong. At season three, <laughs> I love it. At the start of the golden age. Okay, so <laughs> wrong, wrong. You're wrong. There you go. You can't even think of a decent reason. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, let's have Kai. You give a give, give us a, give us a reason why it's awesome. You start with the with the pros list for why you should watch The Simpsons. Conan O'Brien. How is this fair? I'm outnumbered. Conan <laughs> O'Brien. By you're, also you're just you're paid by Big Yellow, Big Donut to <laughs> to, to talk up. But but you have to get you you have to get used to being outnumbered because as somebody who doesn't like The Simpsons, you're going to be outnumbered for like your whole life. What is this? Until shade? our generation what dies. Is this shade? I, I have been obliterated. Dude, you Okay. You have to understand it is it is one of the main roots of modern absurdity, animated absurdity that you have. You cannot have your archers, your bojacks, your family guys, your give me one, uh, your Ricky yeah. Morty. American you, dad. Your American dad. Uh, really? American dad? That's where you go? Okay. Uh, your Bob's Burgers. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Do not make me turn on you because you don't like American dad. I yeah, will. Dude, I've watched like you. five. I've watched all of three episodes and I already know him. And I know American dad rocks. <laughs> American, American dad. Okay. It's legit fun. It's legit fun. <clears throat> um, but again, Simpsons still, I think, really holds up in, in those seasons, three to seven. It holds up with a quality of writing and a quality of absurdity from these characters that really has yet to be matched in a lot of shows. You couldn't have South Park or, or um, what was I just thinking of? Uh, frick. Uh, Gravity Falls or like, you know, shows like that. You couldn't have those things without the, the genius. Now, uh, granted, later seasons, I... I wouldn't know. I've only watched up till season twelve. So every so, every sh show you mentioned, I've watched a few of them. I've watched a fair bit of Family Guy. I've watched mm -hmm. most of Archer. Last couple seasons, I haven't paid attention to because I've been busy. Eh. Cool, but I've watched. I've, I've recently started watching Gravity Falls. But like you say, quality of writing. I can say without with with no uncertainty that Drake and Josh is one of the best written shows ever. You know why? I don't know what that is. I've never Drake heard of Josh. Him. Okay. So you guys are older than you guys are like older than me by like 10 and, and 13 years respectively. Right. So like Drake and Josh, Nicola, I was, I was, you guys were children of like the nineties and like Toonami. I was a child of like Nickelodeon in the mid two thousands. Mm. Right. Like, Oh, like Oh three to like Oh nine. Right. Yeah. And then like 
iCarly continually, and I'm watching iCarly right now. It's fire. Writing's great. You know a show is well-written when you can watch it whenever. MASH is a great show because it isn't bound to the fact that it was made in the 70s, and it's based mm -hmm. in the 70s, right? I think you can, you can agree with that. The same can be said for, like, any good TV or any good movie for that matter, right? Yeah. When the, yeah, sort of these timeless things. I don't think the writing on The Simpsons is good because it is so bound by this, like, especially with season three where I, where you told me to start, obsession, not with absurdism for its own sake, with, like, being, like, stupid and, like, futzy and, like, let's do physical comedy uh, mm -hmm. just because, right? That's probably one of the – that's the weakest part of Drake and Josh is the physical comedy, Right. Like, oh, wow, he got hit in the face of the pie. Amazing. <laughs> you know? like it's, it's, And I think it, it speaks to, I think, it does speak to how sort of writing got more, became more sophisticated when, like, Nickelodeon hit the scene compared to, like, Disney and, like, Toonami and, like, uh, what was, what is The Simpsons on? Like, what's Fox. the number? Fox. Yeah. Like, all these sort of shows that didn't have a thing, right? Like, other Fox Kids shows that I watched growing up were, like, like the TMNT cartoon, not the original, but like the second one, the the dark right. one, right? Like or pretty much any like early two thousands early aughts Power Ranger shows, yeah. Like these shows that had a thing that they were about, and then they could bind themselves around that, and the writing would kind of make the 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 poor writing would kind of you could brush it under the rug. You take a show like that you say has good writing, like The Simpsons. But I don't see that, you know. I, I don't. I don't get. Where, I can understand now where you're coming from, and I, I understand absurdism. But like when you take a show like Family Guy, why, why, or like sort of the more the, I think sort of the logical conclusion to the Family Guy sort of era that Samson started, mm -hmm. like that absurdism and stuff is Paradise PD on Netflix, right? Paradise PD is like all that gross shit on steroids, and it's it's boring. And it's tacky, right? But then, mm -hmm. sort of, this new sort of kind of show would be like Big Mouth. Big Mouth yeah. is also absurd, but it's about something, and the writing is great. Whereas, you say something like The Simpsons, it doesn't have that sort of. It has the absurdism, but it doesn't have the same level of like adult. You don't feel I there's. Think. So you don't feel there's a unifying. Uh, you don't feel there's a unifying theme from episode to episode. Uh Yes, but that's not my problem with it because I, I you sort of go into a show like The Simpsons or Family Guy or Archer or Gravity Falls or Big Mouth expecting that, right? Mm -hmm. So Big Mouth is a little more overarching. What if I could give you a theoretical one? So, uh, he, but the, the last thing I'll say then just before you go then is the absurdism of The Simpsons. The Simpsons started out as a kid's show. No, never. Always, no, absolutely not. No, Because it sure seems like it. Because it did not. See, this is my, cousins, my cousins were allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. My parents never let me watch The Simpsons, and because they said it's inane. And not only it is not entered, not they not only have they said like, and it's not like I wasn't allowed to watch stupid shit growing up. My parents weren't abusive. <clears throat> I watched everything I wanted to watch. The probably the one lot they let me watch South Park. They didn't let me watch The Simpsons because they just saw the absurdism as pointless. See, mm -hmm. I, here's here 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 could be pointless. part of here could be part of the reason. And it's kind of the same reason that I don't get why people like The Wire. 
I tried watching The Wire. I can't stand it. Um, I I I think it's a good show, but I don't. And I did not get into it as much as I thought I did. Well, I I couldn't stand I, I couldn't stand it. I, there was one episode where it was just constantly these two guys swearing back and forth, and I think the reason that I couldn't get into it, I didn't see it as as. Sorry, sidebar, side note. Kai is we are currently seeing Kai have a conniption over our video chat. <laughs> I, I take it you love The Wire. I, I didn't know this about you. The Wire is the is the is the is a is the independently greatest television program of all time. It is the best, right? Like I, I will understand why people say what you're saying about The Sopranos or like um, Deadwood or uh, Seinfeld before they talk about what they before they talk about like that talk like that about The Wire. But okay, well, I, but I, that's that's my, my ultimate a, point. My ultimate point was it. I, this isn't even me saying that I have like all these reasons why I don't like it. My, my my biggest point was that by the time I got into it, I think things had just kind of moved past it. There's there it laid the foundation for other shows that came after it, and by seeing those other shows and then going back to the wire, I just wasn't coming. I, I wasn't coming at it the same way people who watched it when it first aired. Kind of came there out. Are, now that's only really true because I think Sam probably Sam probably didn't watch it when it first came out. So there are exceptions to the rule, but I, I think that is a big point in 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 why some people hold up certain shows to an extent that like maybe other people don't understand. And I think it might be why Kai and I think The Simpsons is the greatest thing ever, and maybe Sam is less inclined to agree because we were watching The Simpsons when it was first out and there weren't a lot of other shows like it i mean now there's as you kind of went over it laid the foundation for a slew of shows that came after and i will say the family the absurdity in family guy is far worse than the absurdity is is, is far more meaningless than the absurdity in the simpsons and it is even more it is even more stuck in the period in which it was made like they so many of their jokes are pop culture references that in 20 years nobody's ever going to get and i don't think anybody's going to watch it whereas i do think the simpsons has many more timeless elements i mean it really is the the underlying theme and perhaps uh kai has 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 a, has a better one but for me the underlying theme is just the lives of this one family uh with 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 a dopey father a problematic son a, a smart sister and kind of the the adventures that I mean, it's kind of started off as a Bart-centric show, and then by about season three, I think it became a Homer-centric show. Um, mm -hmm. For good reason, Homer's, Homer's a hilarious character. But there's so much timeless stuff in there, but I think that we see it that way because we grew, we were watching it as 10 and 12-year-olds in 1995. Uh, and so maybe, you know, it's kind of stuck with us in a way that it might not stick with or resonate uh, for you. I will say I, will, I have agreed with a lot of what has been said. As Sam mentioned, I was having a moment. Uh, first and foremost, I think personally, my my idea of the unifying theory of The Simpsons is that it is about two artists, Marge and Homer. Homer is absolutely a musician, uh, or he has a musician soul, and Marge is a painter. And this is expressed in several episodes throughout the in, throughout the series. You're gonna and, you're gonna try to try to try to explain it, say that there's some deeper meaning. To look, this I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It is a show about two artists who, through happenstance, end up in a small suburban town, 
and are raising three absurd children, like three very eclectic children. And the, the art that they make is their lives and their interaction with these equally insane town folk that are part uh, are I would consider extended family. So it is this larger family of Springfield. So that's that's what I'll say about that. In terms of the wire, Matt, I will say that you are wrong, but also right because a I think everybody should give the wire at least one watch through in their lifetime because it is a very it is a big picture show. So in and I mean that in the sense that the like the Watchmen, for example, the first panel of the first uh, issue connects to the last panel of the last issue, and that there's like there's bookends between uh, the the seasons, and there's also bookends at the full seasons. And the truth is that the the way the show ends is very similar to how it starts. So there's this very cyclical beauty in that. So much has changed, but really nothing has changed. So I, I, I will say I will say that I will say that about the thing. But Matt, what you also brought up about how um, how so many shows since then have been inspired by it. That point, I cannot. Not only do I not, uh, not only can I not disagree with it, I have to fully agree with it because I feel the same way about a lot of musics out there. So when people will say, oh, you got to listen to this. I listened to this when I was a kid and blah, 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 blah. And I'll listen to it. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of so-and-so. That's new band. That's like this. So, like, this is why a lot of classic rock, I think, sounds like shit. But a lot of bands I love will say, will talk about some of these bands I think are shit and talk. A lot of these newer bands will talk about those same older bands that I don't think are any good, and they will speak the world of them and say they, they were completely influential on this, and they were magnificent, and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And I think that sort of goes with all creative culture is that at a certain point, the, uh, the, the sources of inspiration don't live up to what they've inspired for new audiences. When it comes to something like The Wire, I have... Um, watch enough of it. I could not get into it when I tried. I was like 17 at the time. So if I tried mm. now, I'm sure I'd probably like it a lot. You know, I tried with Deadwood twice when I was younger and I got into it and I finished it and I thought it was great. Like, that's a cowboy show, right? Or like a Western? It's like a Western, right? Yeah, it's like a Western. It's very gritty. Like, mm. uh, you know, it's HBO in the early 2000s, okay. right? It's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. Right. I was like, gonna ask what network. Like Sopran if you're like if your dad's uh, if you're if you're if you have a, a dad between the ages of uh forty and sixty-five, he's seen the wire, Deadwood and, and the Sopranos, right? Mm -hmm. Like um uh love you, Dad. But the the thing with the wire is it's so well written, right? If like whatever a show is about like, and performed. And performed, but like masterful i would argue that like bad writing bad sorry bad acting can be made up for with good writing like you want to watch agree. anything josh peck has been in he's not a great actor he's not exactly transcendent but when he plays josh in drake and josh it's amazing it's like you watch like jerry trainer and iCarly. jerry trainer is a good actor he's classically trained he's comedic he can do serious but when he does like these moments where he goes from this like over the top like 
artistic sculptor dude, Carly's older brother, Spencer, and he becomes this, like, suave, like, ladies' man, and you watch him in, like, uh, uh, iCarly, like, sort of, like, seduce a woman. Even the fact that this is a kid's show coming out in the mid-2000s on Nickelodeon. Like, Nickelodeon didn't stray away from things like Disney did, and they openly, like, mock Disney with, like, Dingo, the Dingo Channel, and Charles Dingo's head being frozen in the bowels of their uh, thing in Hollywood. That's the episode <laughs> I just watched. And it was this tongue-in-cheek thing. And they make those barbs at them. And they, like, claim that the Dingo, the Dingo Channel was copying our show. And they were writing it for a show that is basically copying ours. And they cast adult comedic actors to play writers getting beat up by kids. That's and, like, and, like, Sam Puckett, Jeanette, Jeanette McCurdy's character, has a Sock filled with frozen butter that she beats them with. This is a kid's show. Gary Trainer is Spencer Shea. He does these things that are so awesome and that are so like, like every man wishes he could be so confident and suave when he's really, he's not like a supermodel. He's not mm -hmm. a super genius. He's not extremely wealthy, but he's confident, right? And there's all, and it's like, that's the writing coming through. When I watch The Simpsons, the good writing that Kai says is in there, and I believe that it is well-written. It's obviously well-written if it's gone on for 22-plus seasons. Ah, hold on. Here's the but thing I about Simpsons writers. Let finish. Let me finish. But I don't see the good writing. I, don't, I didn't see it. Granted, maybe I should have given it more of a chance than 90 seconds. But I think yeah, dude. If you know, you know. Well, I well but that's not true because I, 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 like I said, I, I, I don't, I didn't really care for the wire, but I've only seen two episodes. So perhaps if I watch more, I may come around to the idea that it's amazing. That being said, I don't think coming at like the coming at the wire from where I am and coming at the Simpsons from where you are, I don't think either of us is ever going to see the show in the same way as people mm. who watch them when they first aired. But I think giving it more of a chance, kind of something that we talked about on another episode, uh, can result in you kind of in, in, in both of us maybe changing our opinions about the shows. It's like with me and like, I don't know if you guys have, did you guys watch like Samurai Jack? I've seen bits. Not of it. yet. Right? I, like, I, I do watched, want to watch it. I watched it when it was coming out. I can say the opening. Long ago in a distant land, uh, I, Aku, the great lord and master of darkness, uh, 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 unleashed an unspeakably evil, but a foolish samurai warrior, really a magic sword, stepped forth to oppose me, and then I can keep going, right? Like, the a show like that was transcendent for guys my age. It's mm -hmm. so good. I couldn't like, get into it at the asked, time. If we ask guys, like, who are who are my, our friends who are my age, they'll know Samurai Jack, right? Yeah. Just like your guys your age... Are going to know about X-Men. Unironically... Un yeah. Fans who uh, people who aren't fans of anime who are your age no, watch Dragon Ball Z and know it. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing. Just like just like kids who are coming up now are gonna know Young Justice. They're gonna know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Young Justice isn't a great example, but like would know like Attack on Titan or like unironically, right? Not just because it's anime either. Because probably oh, yeah. My my nephew is my nephew basically talks about Simpsons because he watches with his dad. And he's just like, oh, you guys are watching the old episodes. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm watching classic episodes back from season 20. And I'm just like, boy, you don't even know. Yeah. You, classic yeah. 20? 
What? But, uh, but like, uh, if I guess like with the Simpsons, I think the the maybe the thing with the Family Guy is they lean into the absurdism so much. That's why I was able to watch it. It's also a little more current from when I was watching it. To be fair, I was watching it in like 2012 to 2015. Yeah. I was gonna say about Simpsons writing was that Fox Studios, uh, when it came to the Simpsons writers, they had a very and I've read books about the Simpsons, uh, several of them. And they had a very, um, there was there was some tension between some of the staff writers and Fox Studios, some of the showrunners, some of the, the producers and things like that. So there was always sort of this back and forth and certain writers after a certain age uh, or a certain season rather, uh, they basically started to drop out and a new batch came in. So there were, different comedic elements and voices that are that were that that shaped the way and the flavor of the show that really really changed the way it was so and this is why so many fans will say three to seven were the golden age or three to six were the golden age and i think that um because i can't stand season one and two i think they are unwatchable yeah. they're unbearable yeah, they're um and if you watch and i think the way this they were produced Season three has a couple of those ugly, ugly episodes from seasons one and two in like mixed into there, animation style wise, because of the way the episodes were produced. So that I think will will change the way you approach it. I think and, we'd, be, we'd be better to give uh, Sam specific episodes to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like, think so I, too. If 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 I was like the only the only comedy. I would ever recommend. I would. I would insist someone try to watch. Before yeah. I even because just because it's personal to me, I like Seinfeld. I like Frasier. Like individual episodes of Friends, individual episodes of Big Bang Theory, or Two and a Half Men, or you know, uh, uh, Blackish or Kim's Convenience or whatever. I love all those comedies. But like in, the only one that I would not have to give you an individual episode of is How I Met Your Mother. For me. Because it is so core, because it was coming out when I was of an age that seeing people dating and failing was perfect for a guy and for a kid, for a teenager, for someone going through puberty and all these things, right? I watched, I started watching that show when I was 10, when season two, after season two came out, right? Like, maybe I should- How did you not relate to the kids on sitting on the sofa? How did you not relate to his children sitting on the sofa for eight seasons? I, my, what are you talking about? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I thought you were talking about <laughs> Simpsons. I was like, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Like, yeah, like maybe my parents just weren't great at their jobs because I was allowed to watch How I Met Your Mother. And my dad's like, sit with me. We're watching The Sopranos. And I'm like, dad, I'm nine. Like, and he wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons. But my point is, uh, uh, when you have, like, there is a wealth of good writing out there. But, you know, maybe you guys need to give me a specific episode. When you, when, mm -hmm. episodes, when there's like, that much Simpsons and you guys have to say start at season three and yeah. don't watch past season seven. I had, I had this buddy Jason, not our friend Jason, another Jason who I went to school with. And uh, he, we were talking about Supernatural, the TV show. And he said, it's great up until like season, don't, after season two, it gets awesome. Don't watch past season. He said season seven, not season five. Well, it's like okay. season six. There's enough like good episodes, like standouts that it's worth it. And then I was like, so I don't watch the back eight seasons? He's like, no. 
not if you have any self-respect and i'm like wow okay <laughs> like yeah like when you when you think about shows like or like shows like that i think it's a case of like it's like rot it just sets in a show can go on too long how my mother is great but like there's a few gags that go on too long because the show lasted mm -hmm. too long yeah right cartoons are different especially when they're absurdist and pointless like simpsons or rick and morty or family guy right like yeah. people were pissed gravity falls ended after two seasons or three no, seasons. no he wanted it to end two seasons yeah. he wanted it to end the creator he oh. didn't want not want to do any more of the simpsons or gravity falls gravity falls like he yeah, knew that it was only a two season show no uh, yeah fine but I, that's a perfect example right you make a show that with a set sort of thing right that's why shows based on things i'm doing so much better sort of overall right now like as a great example the handmaid's tale season four just ended it ended open-ended. They're going to make a fifth season and probably a sixth. It should have ended at the mid halfway through season four. There's too much of it at the book. Included, and it's now like, okay, unless Gilead's going to get overthrown, why am I still, why is this show still on? Right? Like a show can go on too long. And yeah. uh, one show that won't go on too long is Loki. Uh, it boom. won't. It really won't um, because Marvel knows how to tell a goddamn story. That's why. Yeah. Kind of to Kai's point about how Marvel knows how to tell a story. They, they do. Um, but uh, as we said, like, as I said, after the second episode, um, I mean, and, and, and my views have, have changed a little bit based on the third episode, just because, you know, it, it could be that they're, you know, pivoting a little bit and the TVA. Yeah. Uh, just to let listeners know, we are not theorizing anything about this show. <laughs> unlike no takes, no nothing. And if we do, you're going to hear a in case there is any sort of theorizing oh jesus um, ah, you literally suck at cutting yourself off so like you're never gonna remember to hit it <laughs> we'll have to tell you we'll be like kai kai you gotta theorizing um so yeah it could be that the, that the tva is not you know everything that it's uh you know presented to be but you know when after i finished the second episode i was and 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 the timelines well, actually, here, here's the thing. At the end of the second episode, it seemed like the timelines and everything were like completely breaking down, right? She had, she set off a bomb and the yeah, everything kind of went to hell. Now, I guess because we only follow Loki and other Loki uh, in the third episode, you know, we're not really, we don't really know what's happening in regards to that. Um, mm -hmm. or, or, or perhaps they just forgot to follow up on it, which I doubt. But I just realized that, hey, we didn't learn anything more about that that time bomb or whatever that she set off but it just seemed like the threat that they were presenting in the show was so huge that i don't know how anything later can top it and uh, which would be fine if this was like avengers 4 but this is just the second episode of the loki tv show so it, it just seemed like they maybe they went too big with the threat and i didn't like that and I, I don't know if we talked about this when we watched the first episode. I think we touched on it a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Turn the Infinity Stones into just paperweights. Now, again, there could be a reason for that. It may not be everything that things may not be as they appear, because it turns out, spoiler, in the third episode, TVA agents aren't just created by the timekeepers. They're all variants, which I think that Sam might have. Yeah, that yeah. I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. But if the Infinity Stones really are just paperweights in the TVA, and it's not just because they don't work in the TVA, but because like the TVA is so powerful that the Infinity Stones you know, are, are, are essentially nothing to them. Um, then I would have a little bit of a problem because I don't like that way of 
showing how big a new threat is by completely downplaying everything that happened before. Like you're saying, this threat is so big because look, those infinity stones that like you spent 22 movies like talking about and worrying about, they don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I don't like that by completely saying that all that stuff you were worried about before Forget it, because it's garbage. I don't like that. So I'm hoping there's a little bit more. I don't think that's what they're doing, though. Well, so, no, and hopefully they're not. And like I said, with it turning out that there's more to the TVA agents than we thought, uh, it, mm -hmm. it could be that they're going in a different direction. But I, because I, I don't want to see that that um, that kind of forget everything that just happened before. So my my I feel like after episode three, because we we talk a fair bit before we start playing Star Wars on Tuesdays, and then the new episode came out on Wednesday, and then we don't talk again until like Friday or Thursday back when Kai was in my D&D group. So when we spoke, I said, my theory was that uh, the, the, um, what are the, the <laughs> my theory was that the, the lizard people, the, the, the people, the time uh, masters, what are, they called? what are they called? Timekeepers. The timekeepers are like, it's all, it's all ruse. There is a multiverse. They are just using the TVA to like fight other timelines to fight other multiverses, and the fact that uh, uh, what did they what's Lady Loki's name again? Uh, Sylvie. Sylvie. I feel like Sylvie is basically saying like when she called them like what did she call them like time traveling fascists or something like what well, that's a pretty organization, but yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. like. And that they're stealing people and making them the, the timekeepers and all this, or like the, the time variants, like cops and investigators. Uh, but I think that when a place, and this is this is not a theory, when they do that, when a when especially the science fiction anime is super guilty of this, but superhero movies do it too, comic books do it too, uh, and I think comic book fans, like Western comic book fans. Get on, get on a bit of a high horse about this and sort of poo-poo manga and anime when they do it as well. And in fact, they learned it from manga and anime in, in large part. When it's sort of like the thing that you thought was powerful is nothing. Mm -hmm. But what they can, what is, what it is also doing when, uh, when like with the Infinity Stones being made out to be paperweights, when, um, the Mjolnir is destroyed, and inevitably Thor has to go build another hammer. The MCU did it already, right? To yeah, be but fair. they didn't—they didn't just completely say, "Oh, you know, Mjolnir. Well, that's a piece of crap. Don't worry about that." Like, like you know, he, he did get something more powerful. He did get something more powerful, but even in the last scene when Captain America wields Mjolnir, I mean, there's still something important to that—that—that that, that item or that. Yes, plot point. So, but my but my point is though, when. A, I'm trying to think of a great example of comic books, and I think a great example is like Batman and the Joker, right? Inevitably, Joker has to raise the stakes, right? It has to be like, it's not just one of the Robins, it's all of them in Death of the Family. In Death of the Family by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. It's, if it's not all of them, it's all of them, all their families, or then it's all of them, all their families, and the city of Gotham. Or then also that on top of the country, the world. And then that's how you get to like a place like Dark Knight's Death Metal with um, the Batman yeah, Black, right? Is Joker has literally, power? Joker has literally had Mixelplitz's powers before. He's no, literally been exactly. God of Universe. But you are doing the hat on the hat on the hat because as a, as a creator, as a person who is able to be the auteur of these things, this would maybe go back to our like, is anything not made by the creator just fan fiction, 
which mm -hmm. technically yes, but also no, because, you know, faithfulness, a faithful adaptation matters and an accurate adaptation matters. Like I wouldn't consider my high fourth grade production of a Midsummer Night's Dream canon, but like I would consider, uh, and I wouldn't consider Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet canon either, but I would consider Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet canon because it's perfect mm -hmm. for me as a, as a lover of Shakespeare. So he was the reason I loved Thor one. Yeah. When we go, when we fine, but we go, when we go around to, uh, science, like science fiction, right? The MCU is science fiction. It's got magic in it. It's science fiction, right? All fantasy is just science fiction. That's been poorly explained, right? That's what magic, all magic is. <laughs> any sufficiently, and any sufficiently advanced technology can appear as magic to a sufficiently primitive force, right? As a gas. Sure, sure. But the, when they are doing it in the show, in Loki to bring it back, I was thinking, I was where Matt was in that first episode, and then Loki was like, is this the greatest power in the universe? My first thought was, no, it's not. It's bullshit. I think it's all bullshit. I don't think they're going to do a, like, as I said on Tuesday, some Ralph Boner level joke, like they did in WandaVision, which still pisses me off to no end. Like it's that ruined one a, a great fucking show for me. That, mm -hmm. that they they did it all. They hot they brought on Evan Peters for a fucking boner joke. And I <laughs> like that. I like that because it was a no, casual like no. I like that because it was Marvel just doing ha <laughs> got you and just popping no, up like made, a, no, a playful middle that's finger. That's not why though. Because you took a deep character driven show about working through one woman's trauma, and mm -hmm. then you do a boner joke. What do you? You aren't losing anything if you just don't have. You just brought on Aaron Taylor Johnson and did that side yeah. properly. Yeah. And then with, uh, with the the Loki is a character driven thing. It's got grand. It only seems like it has grand scale, mm -hmm. right? It's about Loki. It's a character driven epic, and. What are they? What they're doing? I think is they're putting forward a show that is really not intended to do anything but get Loki from 2012 to where Loki was at the end of Thor Ragnarok without putting him through all of that because they killed off Loki. They hadn't killed off Loki in the first five minutes of Infinity War. This show wouldn't have got made, and. I'm not saying that because I'm not gonna. I'm not boiling this all down to. They want to have content ready to be made and chambered just so they can make money. I'm not. That's not my point. But what they are doing is that Marvel, Feige, the MCU, whatever, are getting to give. I think as we sort of have talked about breadth to things. We got a little mm -hmm. glimmer of the multiverse in Doctor Strange. We got a little glimmer of the possibilities of time travel in Avengers Endgame. All of that was supposed to happen according to Google about the raw. I can't remember her character's name. Um, I think it's just like the time judge or something. I don't know. The judge. That would be cool. Um, but the, the whole like premise of it is that Loki is a variant, but if all people in the TVA are variants, then wouldn't that mean the timekeepers are variants? 
that time travel is just technology. Now I'm getting into theory crafting territory and I can see Kai about to go for it. <laughs> yeah, wrong one. I mean, I'm fine. Okay. Like I, I'm fine if that's if that's the direction they ultimately go, and it's kind of like a Wizard of Oz type thing, and they're not really as yeah. all powerful yeah, as I think it's weird. I, 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 I was just worried. I was just worried that where I am, just worried that that might not be where they're going. Honestly, but, before that one line, and she said, "All people in time variance authority are are variants." Before she th said that, I also, I Matt, you were, I think. That's they were they were trying to get people to think the way Matt is thinking before mm -hmm. they said those words. It's entirely possible that like like what what's Red Skull on Vormir? He can't use the Soul Stone, right? Right. It could be the same sort of thing. There are greater powers in the universe. We know this in the in the Cosmoverse, the Omniverse of the MCU. You got Demon. Yeah. You got like witches and shit. You got Mephisto. Well, uh, the, I was gonna say I was gonna say to, to to balance out some of your points was that I think that Loki is definitely a character driven show, uh, but because we are really getting into the character of Loki and how he is evolving outside of the main universe, because again, this was 2012 Loki, uh, so we got to see him evolve in the other movies. Uh, but this is, again, he's being sucked, pulled out of time and he's kind of evolving in a new way, maybe. And I think that's a core part of the show. But I really do think that. And this kind of goes counter to what Matt was saying about how it's just the biggest threat in the universe kind of thing. I think what they're actually doing is trying to expand the universe and they're trying to world build. They're trying to universe build here. That's why. I and, yeah. And so. The, I think that I personally think that they keep showing that one because I'm I've been I was very dazzled this week by the visuals of this episode because the designing was gorgeous. They did this one really beautiful tracking shot near the end of the episode when uh, when meteors are coming down and it looked gorgeous. Like the pa camera paneling was awesome. They were moving around and it was all one really gorgeous shot. The The lighting in this episode was even noticeable because this is actually a very colorful show. Despite the, the 1970s decor and whatnot, there's a lot of bright colors that, that pop, uh, especially in this last episode. So but one of the things, huh? So many shades of purple. Th that's the thing. It, there, there wasn't just shades of purple though. The purple was like an overtone for the episode, but there was a lot of beautiful greens and reds, especially on the ambient lighting on their faces. Um, but this whole episode, if you think about it, was a the last episode was this beautifully acted conversation between these two people who are essentially possibly the same person, but they're just sort of talking about themselves and their lives and, and trying to have this connection. But all the while we are literally seeing, uh, but in their conversation, sorry, I should say that we are seeing this world sort of being developed when she keeps telling him about what the time cops are and things like that. And they also did a handful of close-ups on this one face of one of the timekeepers or the, what were the is timekeepers? The three big ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, as a Marvel bitch, I know that they've already cast Kang the Conqueror, and I think it was one of you two who said that one of them may have been may have been Kang. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of looking at the show and seeing. Nice catch, Matt. 
Kai. <laughs> it it is what it is, man. And that's the thing. It's any so what, people you could some ruse to bring in Jonathan Majors at the end for as Kang. Who knows? That's the thing. I That'd think awesome. that's it sure it would be because he's a great actor. And but the thing is, I think this is also part of a signature now of the Marvel style storytelling is um, get have have your audience connect dots, have them have that crazy board with all the papers on it connected by the red yarn. Like let your audience do that and build up the theories and maybe pick the best ones. Let them do the writing. Uh, and I think that that's that's sort of why cer certain fans might become a bit annoyed at what they're doing is because you're kind of taking the bait and believing that it's some it's one thing. I personally, fans or listeners, I think that the the three timekeepers are actually the living tribunal because I still I'm waiting for them to bring in Adam Warlock who was like I'm like back in Guardians one two. Guardians showed up. Two. It was the end of Guardians. The Guardians one or two. Guardians two. You're right. Guardians two. Adam Warlock was hinted at, and I'm just like, where is he? I want to see him. Is it going to be Keanu Reeves? The only good part of Guardians two. Well, I don't really agree with whatever. that. I, I thought I, I thought it was okay, pretty good. But I guess I guess I was coming at it from this from from the perspective of like they haven't screwed up yet, and this is going to possibly be the part where they screwed up, but. Hopefully I'm wrong. Um, I just, I, I guess my issue with the Infinity Stones kind of gets tied to the, the, the idea that like everything that happened was predetermined by the timekeepers, that kind of thing. Again, I think you guys are right. That's, they're probably charlatans. They're not as all powerful as they say, but, but this kind of thing that everything that happened before is kind of meaningless because it was all destined to happen. I think yeah. that's the kind of thing that I have an issue with, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to throw a butt Matt. I'm going to throw yeah. a butt Matt out there, but Matt, you know, in the Marvel Universe, every multiverse has its own collection of Infinity Stones. I mean, that's kind of a, among Marvel fans, that's a kind of, that's a common knowledge at this point, right. isn't it? So sure. couldn't, that, couldn't those just have been Infinity Stones from, from spare universes? Well, yeah, they could, but the point is that... They, the point is that there's only one timeline. They, there isn't other universes, if the timekeepers are to be believed. Even if they were Infinity Stones from other universes, it still seems like in the TVA, none of them none of them would probably work. It seemed like they were treating them all like just meaningless trinkets. But you know what? I think we've covered my view on it enough, and it's probably not even going to play out that but way. I, I would love to talk. I would just want to talk a little bit. We've still got a fair amount of time, so I think something about Loki and the Timekeepers and how they're depicting the TVA is interesting. Because I don't think they're the Living Tribunal, personally. Let's not get into the theory crafting. Um, except for me to say we can get to the to, to the philosophy of it, and the determinism of it, because the whole determinist thing, I think it's bullshit. Mm. You veered off your path. I I love that that they're playing with that. You decided. How did someone have their free will? If you think about it for more than five minutes, you know they're they're full of shit, and they haven't thought about it themselves, right? Like. Owen Wilson says, how is that any different from you, Loki? Like, Loki, no. He just calls Earth Midgard. Asgardians mm -hmm. are aliens who have very long lives. So when we think about that, you can easily sort of say, okay, Descartes was right. The timekeepers are not all good, but they are all-knowing. Or they are not all good or all-powerful, but they are all-knowing. 
That's how they are able to sort of make up. If you have, if you know everything and you have mm -hmm. access to all this technology, you can mm -hmm. like make it, make the rest of it up as you go along. Right. And they, and we'll probably learn in episode four or five and then leave episode six for the big, like sort of final fight after everything's been revealed, much like with Falcon or soldier, much so like this with, is only a, another six episode series. Yeah. Much like with Falcon okay. Soldier, much like with WandaVision, everything is revealed by the end of the second to last episode, right? That's true. The final episode is you just find out where people end up in the final fight and whatever. So, honestly, like, we're, I think, we're, I basically think we're going to learn that. So, this is another theory. Uh, I basically think we're going to learn that the Timekeepers are, they, they have some vested interest in taking out variants and taking out people who aren't going on the path that they need. They do have a determined path and that determined mm -hmm. path is being, used, is being uh, manipulated by uh, the timekeepers, by the, uh, by, or they're manipulating the timeline for their ends for an as yet undetermined reason that they have only said is to prevent multi another multiverse from forming. But don't you think that even if that is correct, even, even if they're, they're, even if what they're doing isn't according to some divine plan, it's just their own, their own interests. Doesn't that still kind of cheapen everything the characters went through up to this point? Because you know that they were no, helped to that, that end because of the timekeepers. No, because it means that Loki is in fact like the Loki in the Loki show is in fact the, a Loki from a the timeline diverged, and now he exists in a separate universe from. The, MC, the rest of the MCU after somehow he was copied and put back where he needed to go. Yeah. Now, I'll ask you both. Happened, right? So Loki, theoretically, is taking place in some, like, offshoot timeline like the, like the, um, the 19, like the dark 1985 in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll ask More you like both. Back to the Future than, it is like Back to the Future. Yeah, uh, but I'll ask you both how you feel about Marvel potentially using this as a, or using this story as a, as a construct to bring in new characters. If they if they world create a multiverse and time travel happens or universe jumping happens, how do you feel about Marvel using this as a premise to explain why the Fantastic Four and the X-Men weren't around to help with Thanos? I think they do it and then they make those universes and then they basically like, I think they make like a couple X-Men movies and then they have, they do like Secret Wars or like what, or Secret or what, and uh, like the universe, but the, of that the, uh, that they're in get joined. I do think that, um, but how do you feel about more. that? But how do you feel about that as a viewer, oh. as a story, as a story building tool? I think, hmm, I think what they would they are it would it is the smartest thing they can do without just outright saying in the without outright saying mutants are new, right? Because mm -hmm. then you would basically be saying that none of the history of mutant kind from before. 2022 2023 whatever the current date is as of the end of falcon winter soldier none of that happened so that the atrocity against mutants during like like in auschwitz 
the atrocities against mutants between the 1840s to the present, apocalypse, and ancient Egypt, Egyptian mutants, and like everything that sort of took place up to that point doesn't matter. And we are fully relying on if a new group of people came in 2022 in our world, it, is, it would assume that we would just that humanity would just treat them like shit, mm -hmm. right? It wouldn't. It would. You would remove all of that history. That is, X Men, for example. Right, Matt, yourself. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I would be okay with it. I just, I don't see. I, I, I see. I, I see more of that multiverse kind of thing maybe being hinted at, but I don't really think this is going to be the thing that brings. Much like we all theorized, WandaVision was going to be the thing that, that brought in mutants mm -hmm. and stuff. I don't think this is going to be the thing that. Well, that I don't see. I don't see how the what what happened in WandaVision, what's going to happen in, um, in in multiverse of madness. I I don't see how because they've been hinting at it at different points. So this is me, um, but I feel like. They're they're building this tool to introduce more characters. So that's that's my sort of, I guess that's me just sort of letting it go. Like, oh yeah, Marvel needs a way to bring in these characters, like Sam said, without erasing their histories. So I, I kind of just accepted this multiverse um, concept is going to be the way that they bring them in. I've just accepted it at this point because there's no other believable way that you bring them in. I think, as Sam said, um, they need to like basically you can make that justification that like. Um, like the Hugh Jackman X-Men movies, that universe assumes that there are no other superpowered beings. True. There are no others. Much like, and so they must do it this way because basically mm. they can say like, our history is identical. Right? That's basically what I think is going to happen. So and it seems like now, I, it's, so hard, it's so hard to talk I want to get meta for a second. It's so yeah. hard to talk about this stuff without theorizing, but we know that one of us is going to be right, one of us is going to be wrong because they have so inundated like culture with Marvel, like yeah. Marvel, like Disney and Marvel have, and Feige, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. But <laughs> what, what, what I'm feeling, if what I'm feeling from uh, from what you guys are saying, is that there's a there's a passive acceptance to the yeah, to this I, model. There is because what they are what they have done with our culture now is that. We are so inundated with Marvel shit that someone's gonna be right and 10 million people are gonna know about it. Right? Like a not insignificant number of people are going to be are going to be unsurprised by how mm -hmm. uh the X-Men make their way into the MCU. I'm not talking about being under the umbrella of the MCU. I'm talking about like Wolverine fighting alongside Sam Wilson Captain America. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Well, and, and you, you could bring up the same kind of uh, thing, a question that you brought up when we were talking about wrestling. Does, you know, thinking this way, trying to figure out what's going to happen, trying constantly look for spoilers, does um, kind of being aware of the, the different tropes that they use to bring characters in, does that hamper enjoyment or not? Much in I the mean, same way. I, if I didn't, when I didn't work with you guys, when I didn't have you guys to talk to, when I was in my own nerdy bubble growing up, I was probably one of the more nerdier people. Like people weren't by the by very nerdy in my school, you know, comes when it's a super academic private institution like that. Like you do sort of come away feeling more surprised and you didn't talk about it. But like, I was still fucking, you know how 
like generally how we knew how Endgame was going to end, right? Yeah, they would win because that's the way fucking fiction and media work. But, but it does but knowing that, that like certain actors are only signed to this many movies, this kind of thing. So yeah, this kind of like, has to be. But like theorizing on that level did not, to everyone's, to no one's surprise, did not hamper my enjoyment of like clutching Liam and weeping at the end of Endgame. Amen. Amen. Thundercat. Thundercat. I still lose my brain when I fucking see that scene. But but when you were theorizing, had you theorized that Captain America was going to wield me only? That's why it was so awesome because you hadn't, that was completely unexpected. So is the fact that so many other things are kind of expected because we spend so much time reading behind the scenes stuff and thinking about I it. I will, I got a point for you, Matt. And basically, uh, basically, um, or an answer basically from, from your point about actors and their contracts, we knew Robert Downey was out, how he went out. It wasn't it, how he went out, how he went out was a testament to the writing and his improvisation and his what he brought to that character and what he brought to that moment and when you have i think that's that's the joy that we get from these massive creator collaborations there's so many people involved in this in those moments um or that build the actors up into those moments that even if you know how it's going to go down if they hit it if they hit they stick that landing if they hit their mark it's still going to be awesome fair point and and i think but not every every out not everybody exits with as much skill and talent and and um sincerity the way some some characters deserve and 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 not all of their stories end the way that we want them to, which is kind of our talk. What we're going to talk about in next week's episode. Hey, what Gohan and Naruto, perfect examples of that. Characters yeah. who we don't feel are exiting the way we want, even though it's still such a beautiful performance. And when you're really passionate about the property, sometimes uh, you know exactly. that's that, that, that can be problematic. We we inevitably end up talking about the Last Jedi. Again. Oh, you mean spoiler on the next episode? Where we talk about The Last Jedi? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, it all comes back to Star Wars. Everything is Star Wars. All right. Thanks for joining us. Hope you tune in again next time.